Get ready to be jolted out of the ordinary and into a world where conversations are charged with intensity and facts. The Lightning Strike Talk Radio with your host, Mohammed Fahim, broadcasting live from the heart of the city on Chicago's Progressive Talk Radio, WCPT 820 AM. Welcome to a radio show that charges through the airwaves with an electricity like no other. Here's your host, Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, Chicago, and it's uh, finally snowing in Chicago. I hope you guys... Uh are having a safe drive today. Be careful when you are out on the roads. It's uh, pretty icky out there. With me in the studios today again, uh, Ken DeLuke. Howdy, folks. And uh, John Arena. Good morning. Good morning to you both. And the number to call in is 773-763-9278. You are tuned in to the Lightning Strike. Final show of the year today. And we hope that you all have a very, very nice and productive Help, uh, healthy and happy 2024. Uh, folks, we'll be covering quite a few things today. And obviously, uh, at about uh, 9.30, we'll have a guest who will be calling in. John, you want to introduce the guest and uh, what we will be talking about? Yeah, so we're going to be talking to Dan Kleiman today. He's running for uh, Chicago's uh, elected school board, which uh, may be new news to some people. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the background on that. But uh, he's uh, this election is going to be happening in November of 2024. So we're okay. quite a bit ahead, but it's a very new uh, uh, seat that's going to be elected. Um, so a uh, little little bit of history is back in 2011 when I was on city council, <clears throat> there was a push to change um, uh, the fact that uh, Chicago's school board had had since about 1995 been appointed by the mayor entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of lot of concern about that. That's a lot of power centered in one person. So there was a push to uh, put a referendum on the ballot back in 2012. Um, Rahm Emanuel wasn't too happy about that. Uh, some of his allies on the city council helped stall that effort for us to get 11 in 11 wards to have it on the ballot. Uh, um, as one of the three questions that the Chicago can put on there. Okay. It ended up getting on the ballot in a couple of uh, wards. Uh, it was overwhelmingly supported, and polling showed that it was very supported. So over the course of the next eight, ten years, uh, folks like uh, Rob Martwick, Senator Rob Martwick now, has picked it up and carried uh, the ball over the finish line. So we actually have a law at the state level that calls for elections. Again, they're going to be in November of 2024, there's going to be 20 districts. They're still working okay. out the map, uh, and so it's a little bit kind of fungible right now. Okay. But um, the process is, is set, and uh, we want to start talking about this and make sure the voters have some information. Um, so 2021, the law was passed. Um, in 2022, they uh, they were started working on uh, the, the maps uh, just last year. Um they actually got you know to the point where the law was finalized, signed by the governor, and like I said, early next year when they come back for session, they're going to work out the final maps. Uh, so in, at nine thirty, hopefully people will stay on and uh, okay. listen to what Dan Kleiman has to say about why he's running. Well, uh, sounds good. And folks, if you ask me, uh, guys, uh, for, we should not have any of these appointed board positions at all. I mean, everything should be uh, you know an elective board for almost everything out there because. The people should have the choice, right? Yeah. Uh, if you have politicians appointing people, uh, nothing gets done. 
and no one is held accountable. Uh, we will also be joined uh, shortly with, uh, you know, Michelle Alfano, who will be uh, giving us a an, an update on what's happening with Eric Strang and the Iowa prison system, the Newton facility in, in Iowa. Uh, again, that is something that we have been following up for the last few weeks now. Uh, folks, it is important for us to get involved, to make sure that things change for the better. Uh, Ken, you had a rant for today. What's your rant? Um, <clears throat> well, I really want to push the uh, concept of compared to what. Now, a lot of people, they have the perception that they don't like the way things are going. But in reality, if you look at all the metrics, things are actually going pretty good. Inflation is going back down. I just heard that the uh, mortgage rates are dropping here shortly. Um, the Dow is literally at the highest it's ever been in history. Okay. Um, uh, you know, people say, well, I don't like the price of eggs. Well, I was shopping yesterday. The price of eggs were actually pretty low. So it's not even a deal anymore. And even though you may feel that you're not exactly happy with your position in life, you have to consider the alternatives, okay? I mean, you're looking at something that's kind of going well now, but if you look at um, what has just happened in the pre previous administration, you had a guy who said that Mexico is going to pay for the wall. Well, actually, we took billions of dollars off our military budget to do it. You have... Um, a guy who's called woman dogs, been married three times, cheated on them, uh, brags about committing sexual assault, mocks disabled people, uh, and he loves God, right? He lost in 2020, but he says the election was stolen, claims that uh, he was the cause of low gas prices, even though there was a pandemic and nobody was driving. He's a very stable genius because he can say five whole words in order. Um, he says he's for the military, yet he dodged the draft five times, demeaning the Gold Star family, insulted a military widow, and called fallen war uh, patriots suckers and losers. He sided with Putin over our own intelligence agency. Uh, stolen national security secrets. He praised Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, Chairman Xi, and insults President Biden and says he's for America first. Um, I can go on and on, and I will in future rants, but just think of what the alternative <laughs> is. Right now, things are going good, folks, so let's uh, look positive. It's a new year coming up, and uh, let's try to you know, do what's important for you, your kids, your grandkids, and let's make this a better place. Sounds like a plan. You forgot the golden showers also. Oh, well, I, I, was, I was saving that for next week. <laughs> so I paid two sixty five for gas at the corner of Cumberland and Higgins Avenue last night. Yeah. Two sixty five. If anybody says the price of gas is a problem, I don't know. Should we say thank you, Biden? Because they were all saying thank you, Trump, for the pandemic well, gas uh, prices. Here, here, here's the thing. Okay, uh, obviously, uh, economy is is coming back up, and a lot of people don't like it. Uh, so, twenty twenty three, folks, uh, has been a, a strange year for us. Okay, uh, we've had some uh, some good things. Uh, but there have also been a, a lot of bad things, especially what is happening in, in, in the Middle East. Uh, as an American, I feel personally responsible for not holding our leaders uh, up, to, uh, up to the task that they were tasked with, man. Uh, why are we continuing to support a Zionist organization, a Zionist entity that is uh, clearly 
in 4K real life every single day when I get up in the morning and I see the news I feel like puking okay <clears throat> there is genocide happening and it is our tax dollars that are paying for it that is something that I definitely would hold the administration accountable for guys yeah well I mean it's it's a tough position to be in with, with this administration and, and uh, because they want to support Israel's right to exist the problem is this has gone too far I, I mean I, yeah. I, I think at, the, at some point, you have to look at they started with push, saying go south, you know, to the, the southern half of Gaza. Yep. Now they're kettling them back down in Rafa. Just the other day, there was a there was a, a video that Al Jazeera was showing live four missiles hitting a hospital. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking this propaganda that, well, these are rogue missiles. These are accidents the the targeting that Israel has, the ability to target with these missiles is absolutely off the charts. And to hit a hospital where you've told everybody, go down there, you'll be safe. I mean, it's it's now just, it's getting to be a point where it's ludicrous. Yeah, and the response itself is an order of magnitude greater than what the original problem was. Sure, you have to respond when someone attacks you, but... I mean, you don't respond by putting tens of thousands of more people, you know, in harm's way compared to the thousand or so that, you know, you were harmed by. That's just ridiculous. And it's not their fault. They're not the ones attacking you. You don't, you know. You know, uh, and here's the, here's the thing, guys. We are actually supplying more and more fuel to this entire imbroglio over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Biden administration, uh, Secretary Blinken, it looks like he's running uh, the, the country, not the president. And that is something that needs to be addressed, folks. And if you uh, want to comment on it, feel free to call in 773-763-9278 is the number to call in. And it is time we hold our elected officials accountable for how uh, our country is perceived around the world. I mean, we are losing face so much. It is it is nuts. And uh, for us to sit back and say, oh, no, you know, well, we need to support Israel. Yeah, Israel has a right to exist. No one is denying that. Yeah. But not at the extent of exterminating entire populations of people right in front of our eyes. We are going to be held accountable for that. At the end of the day, it's not so much uh, that we don't want Israel to exist. No, no one is, no one is uh, doubting that. And the moment you speak anything against, uh, you know, the, the war or in support of the Palestinian people's rights, uh, immediately people are jumping down your throat that, hey, you are anti-Semitic. Yeah. And it's, yeah. How do we resolve it? And that is where our leadership has to come up and take responsibility for this and say, hey, enough is enough. Cut it out. Let us sit down and talk about it and come up to a to a solution for this. Uh, I don't think the the military might is is the right uh, solution for this uh, for this thing that we are getting into in the Middle East now. Yeah. Um, we had talked the other night and. I was uh, trying to bring up a point is that this is kind of playing in Hamas's hands, not because uh, what Israel's doing is making Hamas look better. Obviously, they don't look good at all. But what it's doing is it's making Israel look worse. And that is just playing right into this whole scenario to increase tensions in the Middle East. So, I mean, we need to find a solution here. We need Israel to back off and, like, uh, do something that makes more sense. If you want to strategically go neighborhood to neighborhood, 
good and then root out the uh, the bad guys that way, that makes sense. To completely obliterate a block and kill kids, that does not make sense. So let's get your act together, guys. Yeah, and, you know, the, the Nathan is, is basically a Yahoo, okay? I mean, I, I think his, his name is <laughs> Nathan Yahoo. Yahoo. Uh, this guy is acting like a Yahoo, folks, and we have to uh, we have to pay attention to this and get up and hold him accountable for all of these war crimes that he is perpetuating over there now. Okay, uh, again, uh, folks, uh, you are listening in to the Lightning Strike uh, final show of the year, uh, 2023. Uh, there is so much that has happened this year, including uh, uh, COVID is back. There. Okay, a lot of people are, are, are getting sick because of that. Uh, there's so many good things that, are, uh, that also happen, and we will be definitely uh, following up on the good things that are happening. We'll take a quick break, and on the other side of the break, uh, we'll have Michelle Alfano give us a quick update on what's happening with the Eric Strang situation in the uh, Iowa Correctionals, uh, the Newton Correctional Center in Iowa. Are you a business looking for the right talent or a job seeker searching for your dream career? Look no further than the Center for Strategic Solutions, your workforce solutions expert. Our experienced team at the Center for Strategic Solutions is dedicated to connecting employers with top-tier talent and helping job seekers find opportunities that truly align with their goals. We're more than just consultants. We're your partners in success. Ready to take your workforce to the next level or land that ideal job? Contact the Center for Strategic Solutions today at 1-847-306-9274 or www.cfssus.com. The Center for Strategic Solutions, empowering employers and Good morning, folks, and uh, welcome back uh, to the Lightning Strike. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim. With me in the studio again today, Ken DeLuke and, uh, and John Arena. And we are wrapping up uh, the year 2023, and we wish you all a very happy, productive, and uh, healthy 2024. And hopefully the madness that 2023 is ending on will stop in 2024. And talking of madness, we have the case of... Eric Strang and 45 other people who are being brutally, brutally brutalized is the word that I can use in our prison system. Uh, Michelle, good morning. uh, Can you give us an update on what's happening with Eric? Yes, good morning, Mohammed. So I'm here today to speak a little bit about sexual harassment by staff at Newton Correctional, which is a treatment center. It's run by Warden Sean Howard and Deputy Warden Sean Crawford. And um, I'm talking today about excessive strip searches. So you're probably thinking, well, hey, the guy must have done something to deserve that. But in Eric's case, which let me remind you, is just a one case, but of thousands. We're talking about a prison industrial complex that is gigantic. So Eric, uh, for example, was held 13 days in solitary and not found guilty of any offense. And then another 15 days where the issue was speaking to the media. So 
this is a treatment center. So as I describe what's been going on, think in your mind, well, is this rehabilitation? So when they put you in solitary, they remove the person by force. The big drama, they grab you, and it's scary to everyone there, and they put your hands behind your back. They throw you up against the wall. It's very much by force. They don't tell you what the charges are. In Eric's case, it took 19 days to get any charges. Then they take away all your privileges, no phone, no visiting, no mail. And um, the first thing they do is they strip you naked, and they put you in a shower stall. And they remove all of your clothes, and then you are subjected to a full-body strip search, which involves a visual cavity search of your mouth and your anus, and you have to squat and cough. And it's a very dehumanizing sexual violation. I would submit to you that it does not help with rehabilitation at all. And... um, During the solitary process, you're allowed three showers a week, but to do that shower, you have to go through another invasive sexual body search of your cavities, your mouth, your genitals, before the shower and after the shower. You're also allowed one hour of rec where they put you in a kennel outside. It's a chain-link kennel, six feet by ten. But to go to the kennel, you have to go through the sexual body search and going out and coming back in. So the result, of course, is that people don't want to shower and they don't go out. It is not rehabilitative at all. And when they do these showers, if you do go to your shower... You are completely, you're, you're shackled when you go, and then you go into the shower, you're naked, in front of male and female correctional officers. Any staff passing by, they can watch you, and they do. They stand and they watch, both men and women. They can also watch you showering from a control room where they have shielded tinted glass, and they can see you, but you can't see them. Michelle, let me so ask you a quick question. Ongoing sexual harassment. Michelle, what is their rationale? I mean, I could see if they're coming into the jail or whatever, they want to do a search to make sure they're not smuggling something in. But obviously, if they're going into a shower or out of the shower, what is their rationale for doing those searches? Do they have one? Well, um, the security director is Demetrius Bowens, and he has made it pretty clear that if you try to exercise your First Amendment right by speaking out, speaking to the public, speaking about your own case, we're going to make your life hell, and we're going to torture you, and we're going to do it so that others can see, so that others become very afraid as well. That seems to be the message that the men are getting. Well, Michelle, um, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you uh, for, for that update, Michelle. And uh, I did share with you that uh, another uh, a federal lawsuit has been filed in uh, Fort Worth, uh, against the Fort Worth <coughs> prison staff in, in Texas uh, by April Lacey, who still has nightmares now about yep. sexual exploitation yep. while she was a prisoner over there. She now lives in yep. El Paso, and she was incarcerated at the FMC Carlswell, which is a federal uh, medical prison for women in northwest uh, Fort Worth. So, folks, it is happening all over. It is about 
power that these people want to have absolute power on, on these people who are incarcerated. It's supposed to be a correctional facility, John. I mean, uh, where is the correction happening over here? I, I don't see a whole lot of that. I see a lot of, uh, you know, harsh punishment for, uh, you know, exercising constitutional rights. These are citizens still. And while they're serving their time, and he has actually served his sentence, he's now in this kind of, right. uh, you know, limbo. But um, to, to I read the narrative that Michelle shared with us, and it is horrifying. It is chilling to think about going through that process and sitting in a cell for 23 hours a day getting put in a cage, and every time you move from one place to another to be violated that way, I mean, that's that's stuff we hear about in third world countries, in places where dictators are just prosecuting political prisoners. This is America, and it's horrifying to see a young man. And uh, I've been reading uh, a lot of, uh, you know, stories about uh, the prison system now. When, uh, when they are released, it seems that... Uh, they just drop people off on a corner with like 40 bucks and, and a bus ticket. Uh, you know, you are on your own in society now. Can you imagine the kind of people that we are letting out without any kind of support? I mean, these guys have PTSD uh, like crazy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, again, uh, thank you for keeping yeah. us updated. And we will definitely continue to follow this. And folks, yeah. if there are any attorneys... Uh, that are listening to us now, if you would like to take this up as a human rights violation and, uh, you know, the First Amendment rights violation case, I'm pretty sure there could be even a class action lawsuit that can be filed on something like this because this is happening all over the country, not just in one uh, correctional facility. You know, uh, Michelle, you got uh, into this, you got involved in it, but can you imagine the hundreds and thousands of people out there who are constantly suffering in our systems? That's right, because really, Mohammed, we're talking about people who are voiceless. And I think it's very dangerous when sexual harassment is happening to the person who has no voice. Uh, and remember, this is a rehabilitation center. These people are coming back to society, and I wonder how long does rehabilitation take? For example, Eric, he's been incarcerated now 17 years. His original offense was urinating in public as a teenager. He made a stupid mistake, but at some point, people do make mistakes. Anyone who hasn't, raise your hand, because... We've all been stupid teenagers. We have kids. We know. And at some point, forgiveness has to be a part of the equation. We have to move forward. People have value, even people who made mistakes. They can come back to the community and contribute. So at some point, not only are we not rehabilitating, as you said, we're causing this terrible trauma. And the DOC's mission statement says that they are trying to make communities safer. But in fact, this is endangering communities. Absolutely. Because rather than doing rehabilitation, we're creating trauma where there wasn't any. And Absolutely. now people are angry and frustrated, and that makes our communities less safe. Absolutely. So Folks, if, if uh, go uh, into 2024, let's create the change that we want. 
Absolutely, uh, Michelle. Thank you so much. And folks, uh, we are also uh, in the process of uh, starting a podcast for the lightning strike. And uh, you can go to www.tlschicago.com, our website, forward slash podcast, and we will be uh, posting podcasts up there. Uh, we are discussing a lot of stuff on the radio now. Okay, In one hour, we can only scratch the surface of a lot of topics. So anything that we want to do a deep dive into, uh, we are going to do it in the shape of a podcast. And you can listen to our first, po- our first podcast that we have already recorded, and it has been uh, uploaded uh, today. And that has to do with the impact of uh, on families of people who are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something which is very important. Uh, the lightning strike started off uh, as uh, a show that we can bring attention to on social issues. And this is something uh, that we are very much focused on. So if you have an issue that you would like us to look at uh, and do, uh, do a deep dive into, uh, feel free to call us. Uh, you can even text us at 773-763-9278. We'll take a quick break and come back on the other side of the break with uh, Daniel Kleinman. Your porch is one of the best features of your building. But if your porch isn't up to date with Chicago's latest building codes, you could be facing big fines. Call 773 Porches today to receive a free evaluation of your porch. If your porch received a violation notice or is in need of repair or replacing, call 773 Porches and we will give you a free written quote by one of our trained porch specialists. We provide all plans and permits required to get the job done right. Just dial 773-P-O-R-C-H-E-S or visit us at 773porches.com. Let us take your porch to another level. Call 773 Porches. That's 773-P-O-R-C-H-E-S. Hey folks, did you know there's a program in Illinois that if you qualify for it, would allow you to get solar installed in your home at no out-of-pocket cost? The benefit to you would be a reduction of your electric bill, possibly as high as 30 to 50%, and more importantly, you would take out the uncertainty of almost guaranteed future price increases imposed from your electric company. If you'd like to see if you can qualify for this program, call Kendall Luke at 312-617-8979. That's 312-617-8979. Help us save the environment and change that electric bill burden. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, folks. Uh, coming back now on uh, the Lightning Strike. I'm your host, Mohammed Fahim. With me in the studio today, uh, our co-host uh, Ken Deluc and John Arena, and uh, we have our guest calling in, uh, Daniel Kleinman. Uh, good morning, Dan. You are on the air on WCPT with Mohammed, Ken, and John. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How you doing? On a is this our first snow? Did you have before? <laughs> Not quite no, the first we one. we had some snow in in November, it was right? Like a quarter inch, I think. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, Christmas was a bust, obviously. Uh, no snow on Christmas. The warmest Christmas, I guess, on, on record, yeah. the second warmest. T-shirt <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, yeah. The whole year has been the warmest year in recorded history, so it's kind of ridiculous. Well, and uh, oh, our, right. our folks on the other side of the aisle think there's no global warming. Uh, tell uh, you know, tell someone in, in Chicago who has this snow truck that they invested in <laughs> that <laughs> there's no global anymore. warming. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel. John has been speaking so highly of you, and uh, my uh, my uh, 
daughter, my second daughter, is actually a school teacher. And I was talking with her oh, great. Uh, about uh, what do you think about having an elected school board? And she says, Dad, that should have been done a long time back. And, and Chicago is mm-hmm. the only, just for point of you know, information, Chicago is the only uh, school district in Illinois that does not have an elected school board. So Dan's taking on this uh, this role challenge. And uh, Dan, I want to ask you a few questions and let, let you introduce yourself to folks. Tell us about what neighborhood you live in and how long you've been there um, and uh, what you've been doing uh, that qualifies you to be to represent that area on the new school board. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you so much. Um, well, I live with my wife in the Edgewater neighborhood. Um, those keeping count, that's the 48th Ward. Um, up kind of by the lakefront. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, I have been in that neighborhood um, pretty consistently uh, since moving to the city to attend college at Loyola up at the north side. Um, And since graduating there, you know, 15 years ago, oh my gosh, um, you know, I got involved in the block clubs that were very engaged in that neighborhood. Um, And, you know, getting involved in block clubs at that kind of early age um, really positioned me in a way to understand uh, the importance of collaboration and communication um, when working with, you know, community efforts, people who may not always agree with everything, um, but may agree with some things. Um, and that tradition that was found at the Edgewater experience really guided uh, what could be done. You know, community gardens were produced, safety efforts were produced, um, and, you know, that, that's the kind of leadership that I would want to bring mm-hmm. from the neighborhood into the school board. Absolutely. And it, it sounds like talking about your, your past, you've, uh, you've been involved in education activism and even served on uh, for six years on some local school councils. Mm-hmm. What's some of the favorite things yeah. about serving on those councils and what did that experience teach you? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, the first the first local school council I served on was Sen High School in the Edgewater neighborhood. That was actually the first year of Mayor Emanuel Rahm Emanuel's term, and it was just then in that instance that he kind of made the unilateral decision uh, with his appointed board to close fifty schools. Mm-hmm. And it was a very formative experience to be involved in a LSE of a school that was not even receiving that huge of a budget hit, while at the same time, teachers and community members and students who were completely losing their right to representation to attend schools in their neighborhood. Uh, and, and that was just, you know, that was devastating. Um, and it kind of formed my opinion of why uh, an elected school board is so important. And from there, I actually did move to the Uptown neighborhood, terrific neighborhood. Um, And I lived there for about four years. And during that time, I was elected to the community representative seat at Disney Magnet Elementary. And that was fascinating to serve on a a magnet school as well as what they do is a unique approach called pod education. Okay. And... You know, seeing seeing the different styles of you know the traditional classroom versus experience showed me the robust diversity just in the approach that the teachers of CPS are able to take um, just on their amazing training and skills and abilities, and being able to witness that firsthand, I think gives me the appreciation that would be needed in the elected school board. 
Hey, Dan, uh, a quick quick question on, on, on that for you, okay? Uh, is this uh, a bipartisan kind of election, or is this uh, something that you have to run on a, on a party platform? Terrific question. No, it is, it is by law nonpartisan. Okay. So um, the, the candidates that were passing petitions, I was not. My petitions will, I guess, be coming out in, in March or so, of 2024 the petition deadlines are unknown um and this is supposed to be a hybrid board this first seating it's 10 members are elected and then the mayor is still going to appoint 10 uh and then in 2025 2026 as we go forward that's supposed to turn into a fully elected school board i think that's still being worked out okay. as to whether that's equitable and the right way to go um but so there there's we've posted some of this on our facebook page about the the timeline that's going on for people to check out um, Dan, I wanted to talk to something that's about uh, about you personally that you've been very open about, and I wanted to, to, to kind of get your take on and let people hear why this is important uh, to you to speak out. Um, you've been open about a diagnosis of bipolar disorder type 1, and why do you think that's important as you go forward to talk to voters and uh, how that's affected your ability to uh, represent folks? Yeah, uh, it's a personal topic, and I thought it was important to be open and honest about it just because I think it, it informs a lot of my opinions of what uh, a school can do. Um, growing up with a disorder like bipolar disorder, things, things were a challenge. You know, thing, you know mm-hmm. every student growing up has great challenges, um, but when you have a disability, uh, challenges can be a, a, um, a more unique. And... The school I went to was so well-resourced that they were able to provide me a, a, a position in a secondary classroom. And that classroom had, an, you know, probably a three-to-one teacher ratio. You know, they had a teacher, they had a counselor, they had a support staff. And because of that uh, service, I was able to graduate and I was able to get into college. And since talking about it more openly... Uh, people have come up to me and they said, oh, my son, my daughter, oh, I grew up with. Um, and, and I'm coming to the opinion more and more that I think if, if we all can talk about things that, are, that we all do share, uh, I think then we can make it even more equitable um, decisions for, you know, not just the matters of, of mental health in the schools, but, but, you know, more compassion to all matters. Yeah. And hey, hey, hey Dan, a uh, quick question for people who don't know, uh what does being a school board member represent? What powers do you have and what can you change and what do you have control over? I think that is a great question. There is a lot of flexibility, I think. Um I'll give you an example of what the board has just okay. done at its last meeting, which I actually do believe is very significant. Um they released a strategic plan for CPS, and in that plan, they announced a paradigm 
um, for community supported schools, the ability to offer wraparound services, uh, uh, extracurriculars that provide guidance and support to students at schools that need it. Um, and it's that kind of thing that does the legislature that creates the school board say the school board can do that? No, the, the legislature, legislation gives the school board the authority to run the district. And I think that is a good example of the district uh, leadership cre- using some of its creative skills uh, to, to use those powers to formulate something more than just determining, you know, what books are allowed in which grade, um, how much time is mandatory for recess. Um, you know, those are things, too. Uh, but, but I think that there's clear examples of where the Board of Education can go even a step further and create, you know, paradigms of meaningful change. Do you have control over the budget at all? Absolutely. I think that is one of the key um, portions. Uh, I know, for example, one significant change that's going on with the budget is how schools receive their funding. I'm very much against this funding model um, that, that currently has been presiding over CPS where the dollar value follows the students. So wherever the student goes, that's where the funding goes. If they all attend one school that school will get all the funding. Um, And what that does is it means that, you know, a school that is struggling, students are leaving. So now it's losing even more money than before and struggling even more than before. Um, So I'm very much in favor of a more needs-based, well-resourced model. And and that's something that the school board could address. Hey, Dan, uh, we could could, uh, fill a whole hour with this this topic, and we really appreciate you being on. Why don't we uh, close out with you telling us how the campaign's going and how people can find out more about you, either on social media or website? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so this campaign, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm having a great time. I take it very meaningful. Um, we've already started fundraising. We've already started outreach to voters um, around, around the precincts uh, here. Um, so if you're interested in ABLE, please visit uh, votedaniel.us. That's V-O-T-E-D-A-N-I-E-L dot U-S. There's forms to sign up uh, to volunteer. You could read a little bit about me. Um, and, of course, donate to support the campaign. I uh, am so appreciative of, of everything. Wonderful. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, folks, uh, we will be right back uh, with our Persons of the Week. This time we have got uh, two people who are coming on board. They are both psychologists, uh, Gina and Hiram White. They are also uh, working with the Pritzker administration. And uh, they are professors, they are psychologists, and they're going to talk to us about what can we take in into the new year to make it more positive for us? And speaking of positive, also, there's a website called NiceNews.com. So it's not just all gloom and doom. NiceNews.com, if you can go check it out. Uh, they talk about some of the good things that are happening also in our, in our world. We'll take a quick break. After the break, we'll be back with Gina and Hiram White, with uh, Sheila White joining us also.
best features of your building. But if your porch isn't up to date with Chicago's latest building codes, you could be facing big fines. Call 773 Porches today to receive a free evaluation of your porch. If your porch received a violation notice or is in need of repair or replacing, call 773 Porches and we will give you a free written quote by one of our trained porch specialists. We provide all plans and permits required to get the job done right. Just dial 773-P-O-R-C-H-E-S or visit us at 773porches.com. Let us take your porch to another level. Call 773-PORCHES. That's 773-P-O-R-C-H-E-S. Are you a business looking for the right talent or a job seeker searching for your dream career? Look no further than the Center for Strategic Solutions, your workforce solutions expert. Our experienced team at the Center for Strategic Solutions is dedicated to connecting employers with top-tier talent and helping job seekers find opportunities that truly align with their goals. We're more than just consultants. We're your partners in success. Ready to take your workforce to the next level or land that ideal job? Contact the Center for Strategic Solutions today at 1-847-306-9274 or www.cfssus.com. The Center for Strategic Solutions, empowering employers and job seekers for success in the heart of Chicago. Welcome back to the Lightning Strike with Mohammed Fahim. Good morning, folks, and uh, welcome back to the Lightning Strike, final show of the year, 2023, ending off on a, on a good note over here. Uh, like I was saying, uh, there is a website called nicenews.com. And if you can go back and uh, take a look at it, they talk about some of the best things that have happened in the year. That includes the, the deforestation in uh, in Brazil's Amazon Valley was way down, so that's good for the environment. Uh, Howard researchers found the key to happiness, and uh, that is not getting married. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. In uh, Guinea worm diseases got wow. close to eradication. <laughs> okay. That got John's attention over there. <laughs> and, uh, well, I lost the, that key. <laughs> okay. My wife's going to be talking to me on the way. It's like, let me okay. show you what. Okay. No, mo- mo- oh, I-, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Montana youth have won a uh, landmark, uh, you know, climate case over there. And uh, so there's uh, plenty of good news also, good things that have happened. And uh, the America's gender pay gap has hit an all-time low. Uh, but uh, we got uh, Dan uh, from Irving Park who wants to make a quick comment on charter schools. Uh, Dan, good morning uh, and welcome to the Lightning Strike. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have a question that maybe one or all of you could answer. There's Charter schools have proliferated across the nation in the past 20 years or so. And they're going into public school districts that have been that have been built and funded on bonds and tax and tax increases, of course. My question is, when a charter school system comes into an existing public school system, how does that affect the bond rating? specifically for those schools in the pu- public system, and how would it also affect the bond rating overall for the municipality? Would it be a positive, a negative, or a neutral effect? I know this is a rather dry subject and probably something that might <laughs> no, drive that your is audience. A, that is a, a very interesting thing that you brought up, and I think, uh, John, you may have the right answer for that. Um, well, I don't know if I could quote where the bonds have moved as you know Chicago, you know, which is my... Uh, kind of field mm-hmm. of play. Um, I think, you know, there's, I don't think the charter schools are uh, enough of a percentage of the overall Chicago system. There's 400 plus schools in the system. Um, 
to say that, you know, a charter school is going to be better or worse for it. I think what affects the bond rating the most is, you know, what's the market see in terms of how this how the system is doing? What's the uh, attendance rate? Things like that. What's the outcomes that affects the bond rating? And that's an overall Chicago, you know, kind of position as well. So bond ratings, I don't know looking if looking at that is uh maybe a determination of whether a school system is successful or not. Okay. Dan, why don't we do this, man? Uh, please tune in next week. We will definitely right. reach out to Dan Kleiman, who is running for the school board, and uh, we'll see what his take on that is. Okay. We have already uh, got him off the air today, so he won't be able to answer the questions today for you. Uh, but uh, for sure, we will make a note. And we will talk with uh, Dan Kleinman and get his take on that and uh, get back to you next week on that. How about that? Very good. Have a happy new year. And I want to thank uh, Mr. Arena for all the work he did with Boy Scout Troop 963. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Uh, thank you, folks. Uh, so we okay, have bye got bye. Uh, Sheila White, uh, who is coming in with our person of the week. And actually, it is a, uh, you know, buy one, get one free for us today with uh, Gina and Hiram White joining us. <laughs> Sheila, good morning. Good morning. Happy New good Year morning. to everyone. I'm really excited about our uh, person of the week. Boop, we have two today, like you said, two for the price of one. Gina <laughs> and Hiram White, who are uh, pro- they're professors at the College of Lake County, uh, marriage and relationship counselors, podcast hosts of That Life, and also talk show hosts on the Clear Table Talk Show. Um, they're work with the state of Illinois as well with Governor Pritzker. And as we go into the end of the year, um, Gina and Hiram, I would like to ask you, Hiram, what should be our focus for closing out this new year and going into the next? Good morning. Good morning, Sheila Muhammad. Thank you so much for having us on uh, on this last day of the year. Uh, goodbye to 23 and Happy New Year to 24. Uh, one of the things that we should be looking at and going into this new year is trying to find some self-love and self-care. With everything going on, I think we as a people miss that. And try not, we, we try to identify with so many things of the world, we are missing personally who we are and our purpose. So, uh, Hiram, let me let me ask you this. Uh, uh, what do you guys do again? Uh, Sheila was telling me that you are working with the state of Illinois. What, what do you do over there? So, for the state of Illinois, which I always call our day job, mm-hmm. <laughs> me and Gina both are state employees. I work for Central Management Services. Okay. Uh, and with the DNI team, I am the African American Employment Plan Coordinator. And so, what I do with all the state agencies. And with uh, our people, I try to go out and recruit and help people get state jobs, show them through career counseling, through recruiting, through career fairs, how to get state jobs. And I'll let Gina tell you what she does. Good morning. I am former chief of staff at one of the largest state agencies. I am now deputy director for uh, the Illinois Power Agency, where my role is to make sure that energy (laughs) is accessible to everyone and that we have an awareness of energy, um, especially in minority communities and minority businesses, making sure that they get a piece of the pie when it comes to doing business in the energy and solar world, because that is the future. Gina, I have a question. Um, I'm 
pretty familiar with the solar end of that. Uh, there was a uh, Solar for All program, which the state of Illinois funded. Uh, there's currently a number of people on that list that are waiting because the funding ran out. Do you know if that's going to be refunded at all? Well, we all have to wait a little bit <laughs> for the governor's budget address. <laughs> that's coming out really soon. Um, but I know that the governor, his administration, our agency, even our federal partners are all very committed to um, increasing um, Illinois' access to solar energy and to making it accessible to regular citizens like me and you and all of us. And so there is a desire and an interest in doing what we can to further all of our programs, including Illinois Solar for All. So well, uh, Gina, one, one of the things that uh, maybe uh, Ken and I have had this discussion in the past, okay, with, with solar power now, uh, there has been a concern that once the life of that solar panel is over, recycling that, it seems, is going to be a major issue. Any thought given to that at all? Ken is shaking his head because uh. he's, he's selling the solar thing, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I, I, I know something say. about this. It's 98% of the solar panels recyclable. Oh, come on. Ken. And it's that's 25 what, that's years down the road. Okay. Uh, but uh, coming back uh, to our purpose for today, we are not going to be discussing that. Uh, okay. Uh, you guys are both psychologists, right? No, no. We no. are, we consider ourselves transformation strategists. Wow. I do have a master's in community counseling. And so I do counseling and coaching. And of course, with Gina, who has a master's uh, and, and her warehouse is HR, we put this business together called That Life. Okay. That Life is to help people be transformed healed, affirmed, and triumphant. So I do teach psychology. Uh, we do major in psychology, but we're not psychologists, but we're counselors and coaches. Okay. So I think uh, there is a... for about over 15 years at this point. There, there's a huge need for this. Uh, I used to work with uh, the Illinois WorkNet system as the director of business employer solutions and corporate relations in the Arlington Heights office. And uh, obviously, uh, CMS, uh, we are very much aware of what CMS does. Hiram, uh, real quick, if someone wants to get a job with the state, can you tell us what CMS is all about? A lot of people don't know that CMS even exists. Yeah, so I call CMS is the central management system. It is the heart or the engine to all of state agencies. Uh, when I say all of state agencies, that's from DCFS, Department of Transportation, Employment Security. Mm-hmm. We are the heart of that. We, we, we support every state agency. And so what we're doing currently in my role at CMS is assisting with the hiring, with the hiring. If you go to work for Illinois, Mm-hmm. Work for Illinois, work uh, the number for Illinois, you will see that there's usually over 400 positions daily uh, through state agencies that we're looking for positions to be filled. And so my goal or, or CMS goal is to help uh, identify people with resume, career counseling and all of that, putting them together and slotting them for some of these state positions. Now, people In February... I'm sorry, in February, on February, February 8th, February 8th, we will be doing 
a in, in honor of Black History Month a state Thanks. career fair on 119th at the Croc Center, Salvation Army, where we will have a lot of the state agencies there, you know, profiling and saying what their jobs is. And I'm hoping people can come out for career counseling and coaching and resume building. Please do me a favor. If you could share that information with Sheila. And Sheila, if you could uh, send that information out to us, uh, we'll make sure that we continue to get the word out. And uh, on that note, again, uh, thank you uh, both very much for joining us. A happy and productive and healthy new year. Uh, for the next year, we'll be starting off uh, the January 7th show with uh, a focus on... Uh, we're going to be focusing on uh, technology, uh, primarily uh, energy-related. Terry Marker, she has over 41 patents worldwide. She's an amazing person, has some really um, interesting projects she's working on, air-to-fuel, uh, biomass-to-fuel, so it's totally green, uh, carbon negative on the, uh, the production of that. Jeff Hunter, he has a... Uh, a a company that has a thing you can put underneath your floor and it heats. Okay, it's very thin. It's uh, graphene paint. It's uh, compressed um, in between uh, two pieces of plastic, and it'll take the place of uh, your your natural gas bill. So, I mean, there's some really interesting things that are going out there to make uh, your homes more efficient and save you a lot of money. So uh, that'll be interesting. So to stay, you know, tune in next week. Wonderful. And, folks, you can always go to our website, www.tlschicago.com forward slash donate. We want to keep the show commercial-free as much as possible and listener-supported. Your support has been invaluable for us in this past quarter that we have been on the air. Again, thank you all very much for joining us. Wish you a happy, productive, healthy New Year. John, thank you very much for the for the venison that you brought this morning. <laughs> you, you kept your promise. I haven't had a chance to taste it yet. And Ken, thank you for not sneezing in my face today. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dylan, thank you, man, for being with us this entire quarter. We have enjoyed having you uh, run the boards for us, and hopefully we'll have a lot of fun together next year. Yeah. Signing off today, this is the December 31st show, final show of the year for the Lightning Strike. Folks, see you all next year. Happy New Year, everybody. Ciao.